This is the Sergio Rodriguez Show. Welcome, everybody, to the Sergio Rodriguez Show, a show unlike any other. Today, we're finally at that time of the year. NFL playoffs begin this Saturday, and it's shaping up to be an exciting, exciting weekend of football because I think the matchups are going to provide us with at least, at least four good games. And in the first weekend, especially now that they went to the one-by format in each conference, that's really all you can ask for. If you get four good games, then you're getting your money's worth. You got to expect one or two blowouts. And we'll discuss those games in detail when we start the show but if you can get two good uh four good games and two games that are let's say competitive for three quarters or two and a half quarters you got to be happy with the nfl and it's exciting i think this is the best weekend of football in terms of um the amount of games and especially now that they're going to a Monday game, you get three days of this. I always felt that the best weekend of football was the was next weekend. But with the Monday added in to this weekend and getting the third day, I might have to change my opinion. I'm going to wait and see how it goes. But uh, it, 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 it's trending that way. It's trending that way. Fairfield Physical Therapy Center, located in the Fairfield Commons G106, is owned and operated by Justin Solotov, who has over 20 years of experience in the field of orthopedic physical therapy. Call Justin at 973-276-1313 and stop living with pain and discomfort. Epic Car Service, recognizes the number one car service in New York City by medical transportation standards, Located in the Bronx, New York, Epic will make your commute a safe and comfortable experience. Call Epic at 718-401-3742 or 844-666-6278. Lucimer Auto Body, located at 27 Austin Street in Newark, provides top-of-the-line service to make your collision experience as smooth as possible. Go to lucimer.com or call them at 973-824-0113 and tell Paul that Sergio sent you Lucimer Auto Bodies. So let me give you the scores from last week really quick. I'm just going to do a real little recap of last week's scores before we focus on the seven games from this weekend, uh, or the six games, I'm sorry, from this weekend. The Cowboys beat the Eagles 51-26. Not much to say there. The Cowboys, the Cowboys ran that division. I've been telling you guys the entire year, as long as the Eagles, Giants, and Washington have that type of quarterback play, the Cowboys are going to dominate this division. Now, Hurts didn't play in this game. Minshew did. 
But Mitchell's a very capable backer. He throws the ball, in my opinion, better than Hurts. A little different to defend, but I would always rather defend the running quarterback than the passing quarterback. And, uh, I mean, it was just a lot for the Cowboys. In two games against the Eagles, went over 90 points. And in the last two games in the... In the division with them in Washington, we're, we're, we're damn near in the 100-point range. So, uh, it was that type of a year in that division. The Eagles have not beaten a team. I, I believe they have not beaten a team with a winning record. I would have to go over their schedule, but I don't think they beat a team with a winning record this year. Conversely, you know, the Cowboys, I think, have only beaten three, and two of them were the Eagles. So, you know, neither team neither team has that, that stamp of a resume that you would like going into the playoffs. But the difference between the Cowboys and the rest of that division right now is so wide, particularly at the quarterback position. The Chiefs 28-24 give the Broncos credit. They played tough, and then they fired their coach. The Browns 21-16 over the Bengals. The Bengals were playing for nothing. The Lions 37-30 over the Packers. Lions played hard all year. They were bad, but they played hard all year. Packers were playing for nothing in that game. The Vikings 31-17 over the Bears. And then coach firings and GM firings also in Minnesota. Washington 22-7 over the Giants. The Giants are putrid. Terrible, unwatchable, unreliable. I mean, I would run out of superlatives if I kept on going here with 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 uh with with how with how bad the Giants are. I mean, it, it it's incredible. It's incredible. Um How can I, how can I, how can I explain this? You know, it's funny because I said I would run out of superlatives, but I'm not really praising them. I'm, I'm almost just, uh, I, I'm, I'm doing the exact opposite of, of that. Um, it's incredible to me that growing up an organization like the, like the Giants, was always very steady. Always very steady. Boring, but steady. But boring's not bad. Boring's not bad. Boring's only bad for the newspaper writers and everybody else who watches the game from the outside. But boring's not bad because that probably means that you're doing something stable and well. And the Giants did that. They were very stable, corporate-like. But what they've become in the last 10 years is almost laughable. Laughable. The first mistake was not recognizing that the guy who was quarterbacking years ago in Manning was not that type of an elite level player and letting him hang around. I think part of the issue also was that the Giants didn't give enough credit 
to the word luck. And what I mean by that is, you know, the Giants made their run in 07, and uh, I guess it was 10, 11, when they won the Super Bowl. But they never gave credit to the word luck. They were lucky to win those Super Bowls. None of those years were the Giants a top five team in the league. In fact, one of those years, they might have been nine and seven, if I'm not mistaken. And so when you when you assume that you're better than you are and you don't make proper decisions based off that, this is the residual effect of believing or reading your press clippings. The defense played well. They got hot at the right time. They won their Super Bowls. But then since that, they've made decisions that are with their heart. Terrible drafting. It almost seems like they've been a minute late and a dollar short with every move that they've needed to make. And it's just incredible to see this organization that I grew up watching and looking at through the prism of stability become a laughing stock in the NFL. The Jaguars in the shock of the weekend, 26-11. That helped the Pats get in the play. Uh, the, oh, my, listen to me. That helped the Steelers get in the playoffs, which was, uh, you know, uh, an incredible feat all in itself. And I'll speak to, about that when I speak about the Raiders-Chargers game. Uh, but terrible job by the Colts. I told people they would not be better with Wentz than they were with Rivers. And it proved out to be right. In, I, I just cannot think about how bad Wentz is right now. And when I mean bad, I'm not saying he's not one of the best 32 quarterbacks in the league. But he has at his disposal probably the MVP of the league. Definitely the best running back in the NFL right now with all due respect to Derrick Henry. With that running game, top three offensive line, the Colts mustered a nine-win season, basically one game over 500. Incredible. The Steelers 16-13 over the Ravens. Ravens didn't make the playoffs. I told you the entire season they were a bunch of frauds. The Titans 28-25 over the Texans. Give the Texans credit. They played hard. The Titans are the one seed. The Saints 30-20 over the Falcons. They handled their business. The Rams let them down. The Bills 27-10 over the Jets. They're the Jets. The Rams 27-24, uh, the 49ers 27-24 over the Rams. The Rams blew that game up 17-0. Give the 49ers credit. They stuck with it, and they pulled it out. And by the way, Matthew Stafford, you're on call, brother, because Goff took this team to the Super Bowl. 
and you came here to be better. The Dolphins, 33-24 to over the Patriots. That was my lock of the year. I gave it on Instagram if you actually paid attention. It was... Uh, it was good stuff. I mean, I, I I thought that the the Dolphins would handle their business, and they did. So I can't, I can't, I can't knock them. Can't knock them. I mean, I do that all year, but I knew they were going to show up to play, and 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 they did. They did. And and it's funny because I struggled this year with my picks to get over five hundred. Finally ended up seven games over. I ended up 60, I think it was 60 and 53, which is uh, not great. Um, but over 500, I told everybody that I would figure it out when we were struggling. It's just this season was impossible, impossible to pick games because, you know, we've spoken about it, who they go for everything you know, so it's messing up all the scouting, the, the, the pregame stuff that you might do as a, as a handicapper. You don't even know. You have to almost add a margin forever, which we started doing towards the end of the year. Um, So that was, that was that. But kudos to the Dolphins for playing hard the entire season. They fired their coach afterwards, who has a better record the last two years than Shanahan in, the, in San Francisco. But... It is what it is. The Seahawks, 38-30 over the Cardinals. The Buccaneers, 41-17 over the Panthers. And the Raiders, 35-32 on a last-second overtime field goal to beat the Chargers in a game where if the game would have finished tied, both would have made it. And, and, and let me speak about that one second. Everybody's going to bring up the fact, and I heard everybody bringing up the fact that San Diego should have never called the timeout. Why did the coach call a timeout? And all that good stuff. Listen, he also went for a fourth and two from his 18 in a three-point game. It's the NFL that we live in. We almost have to just accept that as norm. But here's what I have an issue with. I have an issue with the winning team. Can you tell me why? Why? If all you have to do is snap the ball and take a knee to get into the playoffs, you would kick a field goal where a number of things can go wrong and none of them would be good for you. You could get a bounce snap that bounces over the, the holder. They pick it up, return it for a touchdown. You're out of the playoffs. You could get a block kick. They pick it up, return it for a touchdown, you're out of the playoffs. Why would you kick that field goal? For what purpose? Now, it created great drama for the NFL. It created great drama for the Steelers fans. But nobody, I didn't hear one person criticize a guy who, I'll be honest with you, should get consideration for coach of the year after what he did taking over for Gruden and getting that team into the playoffs. 
I mean, everything went wrong in Las Vegas this year. From the Gruden firing, which started everything, you had the issue with rugs, guys getting hurt all over the place, and Bisaccia, Rich Bisaccia, I guess he pronounces his last name. He did his thing. Kept the team afloat. And figured it out. And he got him in the playoffs. But that was stupid. That was stupid. And I didn't hear one news guy, one reporter, nowhere. No one mentioned that. Two out of three things could knock you out of the playoffs, but you're going to kick a field goal. You were almost better off snapping the ball and just airmailing it up in the air to kill the last couple of seconds and throwing it into the end zone. So, the matchups got set. Green Bay and Tennessee are the one seeds in their respective divisions. And the other... The other 12 teams will be playing starting on Saturday at 4.30. Before we break that down, let's talk about Triangle Link. Triangle Link is the leading manufacturer in the screen printing industry, delivering the finest inks for over 35 years. Check them out at trianglelink.com or call them at 1-800-524-1592. Paramus Driving School. Safety and professionalism begins with Paramus Driving School, serving the North Jersey area like no other. Contact them at ParamusDrivingSchool.com or call them at 201-986-8300. Verona Wine Cellars, located on 360 Bloomfield Avenue in Verona, provides top-of-the-line alcohol, especially wines for any occasion and any price range stop in and tell my guy Art Pete Patel that Sergio Rodriguez sent you Verona wine cellars you know we always save the uh, the stand sports spot for the end of the show before we do the gambling lines but since the gambling lines are going to be mentioned with a little bit of the breakdown of what we go let's mention that Stan Sports is the official sponsor of the Sergio Rodriguez gambling portion of the show. Stan Sports Center is your local full-service authorized team dealer for all of your favorite sports brands. Family-owned and operated, Stan's has proudly supplied apparel, uniforms, equipment, varsity jackets, and much more for the entire tri-state area since 1946. Find them online at stansportctr.com and contact them today for your sporting goods needs. Saturday, 4.30 p.m., the Cincinnati Bengals are a five-and-a-half-point favorite. The total is 49 Versus the Las Vegas Raiders. You know, Cincinnati has been a team this year that has just gotten better 
and better and better. I think part of the thing about Cincinnati that I like going into the playoffs is that they can win a game defensively with the run game or passing the ball. So the style for them is almost a uh, Swiss Army knife type. Okay, they, they just give you what you need. And so going into this game with Vegas, who give them credit, you know, Vegas has been playing basically playoff football for the last three or four weeks. So um, they've done their thing. They played hard. I don't expect them to win this game. I don't. Now, um, does, will it surprise me if, if they win? It won't surprise me like in a major way, but I will be a little, I will be a little um, taken back just because I expect Cincinnati at home with that crowd, with that passing game, to be able to move the ball freely on Vegas and get the job done. Now, Vegas is going to be a little healthier going into this game because Waller played last week, but he hasn't really been a factor the last six, seven, eight weeks. Obviously, he was out a bunch of those weeks, so, but my point is he hasn't even been part of what they're doing there. Now, Jacobs ran the ball well last week. The Raiders ran the ball well last week against the Chargers. I could see this game going over because the total in that game is surprising to me. I don't think it should be that high. So I could see that game going over, but I do see Cincinnati figuring out a way to win that game. The Saturday night game, Buffalo is a four-point favorite against the Pats. The total's 44. You know, when they played that first game this year, that that um, that New England won, the, I, I came on the air that following weekend or that following week, and... I mentioned to you guys that I found it strange. Obviously, the wind was, the elements were, I mean, just incredibly bad in the favor. They were bad, but in favor of New England, right? I mean, remember that the quarterback only threw three passes that game. But I told you guys when I came on the air that that Buffalo was 10 points better than New England. And then when they played again a couple of weeks later, I told you that that Buffalo would handle them because they were 10 points better. They're just better at everything. Everything. And they did. Now they're going to play again. And 
what would change? Why would anything change? Why would anything change? I expect Buffalo to come out and do some damage through the air. Because let's be honest, they don't have a running game. We know that. Their running yards are what, what Josh Allen can create with his legs. But I expect them to do some damage through the air against a New England defense that is always going to be very well prepared. But I believe they're going to be put in some weird situations by the quarterback in this game. Because the only way to win this game is to actually get a good game from Mac Jones. But I believe if you have them, if you have them throw the ball a certain number of times, you're going to get that one turnover that gives them the short field. Or you're going to get that, that miss on a wide open receiver two, three consecutive punts, and you're not going to be able to play this game from behind if you're the Patriots. I like Buffalo in that game, and I like them to cover the four points. So, so far, Cincinnati and Buffalo in the first two games on Saturday. Sunday, 1 o'clock, Tampa Bay, 8.5-point favorite, 46 over Philly. I think this is the worst matchup for Philly in terms of football. I think it's the best matchup because I think... Tampa Bay is not very sharp right now. But the one thing that Philly does well is get running yardage. And, and, and you notice that I said that they get running yardage. I didn't say they're they're a great running team, right? Because there's a difference. When I think of a running team, I think of Tennessee. I think of the Colts. I think of the 49ers. I don't consider teams like the Ravens who get 85 to 90 yards rushing from their quarterback and then run for 175 great running teams. They just get a lot of yardage running. There's a difference. And I think Tampa Bay is impossible to run against. And I think the Eagles are going to figure that out. You want to win the game if you're the Eagles? Let Jalen Hurts throw the ball 40 times. Live with the two interceptions. But that's going to be the only way you can compete in this game. They played early in the year. And if you look at the score, I think it was a six-point final. In fact, yeah, I remember they went for two some ungodly reason, but the line was seven in that game. I remember that vividly. I think it was a Monday night game. And that score is not indicative of the difference in talent level between these two teams. Now, granted, like I said, Tampa Bay is not firing on all cylinders. So would it surprise me if Philly kept it close for two and a half, three quarters? No, it wouldn't. But that eight and a half point spread is almost like Vegas is begging you to bet Philly. Begging you to bet Philly. 
That's a game I wouldn't even touch if I was gambling. 430, Dallas is a three-point favorite. The total's 51 over the 49ers. I like the 51 total. If I'm a Cowboy fan, I don't like the three total, the, the number three if I'm a Dallas fan. Because what Vegas is telling you is this game's a pick'em. If you factor in the fact that the home team's gonna get three points as it is. And everybody in every media outlet loves the 49ers in this game. Everyone. All I'm hearing is they're going to run the ball down the Cowboys' mouth. All I'm hearing is boy genius Shanahan is going to come up with a phenomenal game plan. Look, as a Cowboy fan, I don't like this line. The line's telling me the 49ers are going to win this game. But I'll give you I, I'll give you two ways for each one of these teams to win this game. If you're the 49ers, you better play from in front. You better play from in front. Because you don't want Garoppolo throwing the ball to bring you from behind. Now you're going to say, well, they came from behind last week down 17 nothing. I don't think you want to play into the Dallas strength of pass rushing. And I don't know if you want to throw the ball 35, 40 times against the defense that will give up yardage, but will turn you over two or three times a game. To me, this game comes down to Dak Prescott. If Dak Prescott has a good game Not an empty calorie stat game like he's very capable of, right? Those games where he ends up with three touchdowns, 340 yards, but the team was down 17-7 in the third, and you did it all coming from behind. No, 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 no. You got to have the Cowboys ahead in this game. Cowboys got to play from in front to make the style their style. 49ers need to play from in front. To make the style their style. Style's going to make this game. It's almost like a boxing match. I think Dallas will find a way at home. To win this game 21 24-23, 28-27, something like that. It's going to be a one-point game. But you will know early, mid-second quarter, who's going to win this game. You will know early. The team that's leading at the six-minute mark of the second quarter most likely wins this game. The Sunday night game, Kansas City, 12.5 point favorite, 46.5 over Pittsburgh. Look, I'm look, they buried this game on Sunday night because they figured that's the game that everyone will just watch just because there's football on. How can you expect Pittsburgh to even be competitive in this game? I just don't see how they can score enough. 
Ironically, I kind of like the over in this game because I believe Kansas City will get ahead and Pittsburgh will have to throw the ball. Maybe you get a cheap touchdown or two late in the fourth quarter. But you can't expect this game to be close because Pittsburgh to win this game is either going to have to hold Kansas City to 10 points, which is not going to happen, or score 30 points, which is not going to happen. So how can they conceivably win this game? I think this could be the one game that isn't even a game on Sunday. Monday night, the Rams are a four-point favorite. The total's 49.5 against Arizona. This is going to be a good game. Divisional game. I think the Rams figure out a way to win this game. Arizona has not been firing at all, but the line is only four in this game. As bad as Arizona's been the second half of the season, you'd expect this line to be closer to six. The Rams might have left a bad taste in Las Vegas' mouth last week. Although the Rams did the NFL a huge favor by blowing that lead to the 49ers because if we were sitting here with the Saints playing instead of the 49ers, that would probably be another game that wouldn't be competitive. That's a game that I probably, if I have to bet, I'm going to go with the over. I just think there's going to be a lot of points scored in that game, which is probably the reason why that line is only four. If I have to make my Super Bowl pick right now, I'm going to probably have to go with Green Bay. You know, Aaron Rodgers has gotten knocked badly over the years for not having more Super Bowls. And you know what? To be fair, I get it. You know, he has missed a lot of opportunities. Not just him. It's not like he's going out there and throwing five interceptions. Let's get that straight. But the opportunities have been missed nonetheless. I expect Aaron Rodgers this year to get it done. I see a lot of holes in every team in the NFC, particularly having to pack their bags and go on the road. I just cannot see a team like the Cowboys who needs to throw the ball, a team like the Rams who needs to get the ball to Cooper Cup 12 to 15 times a game, even though there are short passes. I can't see these teams going into Green Bay and beating them. Ironically, I almost actually give the 49ers a better chance than I do some of these other teams in terms of a matchup situation. The problem is that green that 49ers secondary is so bad. I just don't know if they could keep that game close enough to allow the running game to become a factor. In the AFC is a little tricky, but I'm going to roll with I'm going to roll with Cincinnati 
I think that Cincinnati, and, and, and now look, I don't have a strong conviction on Cincinnati, but I believe that they are the most balanced team, like I said earlier. And I got news for you. Buffalo would be my second pick. I don't like Tennessee. And I believe that Kansas City is one of those teams that although they have the quarterback play, they they are a little bit of an enigma to me because I still can't get out the stench of that first half of the season when they were struggling all over the place. I think that you could scheme them up too deep them, make them play underneath. And if you can figure out a way to just score points, you can win that game. The Bengals can do it. Buffalo can do it because defensively, they'll be able to compete. I like Green Bay to win the Super Bowl. It's not a shocking pick. I'm sure most people would pick them also. But the door's there wide open for Aaron Rodgers. If he misses this opportunity, I can only imagine what the pundits are going to say. Next week, more NFL playoffs, college basketball. Going to try to get my guy Tariq Turner from Fox Sports on, former St. John's point guard. Try to get him on and give me a brief uh, brief view on the Big East and where it stands. St. John's lost a tough one yesterday, up one four seconds to go against Connecticut. Connecticut throws a long pass. St. John's tips it out of bounds, which actually, which actually gives... Connecticut, a big break. They advanced the ball essentially 75 feet in in 0.6 seconds. They throw up a shot, no good. They get the rebound, they get fouled. Make one of two, take the game to overtime, and in overtime, pull away from St. John's. Villanova beat Xavier also. College basketball is full swing right now. So like I said, I'm going to try to get Tariq to come on with me next week to give us an idea of where the uh, the season stands in the Big East. I'm also going to try to see if I can get Joe Lenardi on probably the following week to give us a little bit of a picture of where teams are going once some of these makeup games in some of these leagues that have been canceled are played, right? You want to get these teams in these leagues 7, 8, 9, 10 games in before we pop up Joe Lenardi. Remember that you've been listening to the Sergio Rodriguez show, a show unlike any other.